Welcome to Grizz Greats Coaching Tree Podcast Series, and this is the Episode 3 Bonus Podcast, Episode 3 featuring Stu Morrill, outstanding head coach at the University of Montana for five seasons, was responsible for getting the Grizzlies back into the NCAA tournament for the first time in over a decade and a half, then went on to be an outstanding head coach at Colorado State and the dominant figure in the history of Utah State men's basketball. He also cultivated quite a coaching tree of his own while at Colorado State and then, of course, at Utah State, and that is the focus of these bonus episodes. And up first, Coulter, Randy Ray. Randy Ray was an assistant coach for Stu Morrill for all seven seasons at Colorado State before going with him for six more seasons at Utah State. Eventually, Coach Ray became the head coach at Weber State and Coulter. He is currently the longest tenured head coach in the Big Sky Conference, and he is also the winningest head coach all time in the history of the Big Sky Conference. Very impressive. His own personal resume, and it started with Stu Morrill. Certainly. I know that Coach Ray learned a lot from Coach Morrill, and he's accomplished a tremendous amount of success on his own. Started to have his own coaching tree now, too, with Jeff Linder, who's at Northern Colorado, having coached underneath him as well. And I'm sure there's more coming because Randy's now reaching the point of his career where he can have some assistance that spring off and get head coaching jobs. But Ray Ray led Weber State to the NCAA tournament his first season at Weber, 2006 and 2007. And the Wildcats have been back to the NCAA tournament two more times since then, most recently in 2016. Ray Ray's won, at this point, 273 games in his career at Weber State, including 169 games in Big Sky Conference play. The former helped him break Mick Durham's record. Mick Durham was at Montana State for 17 seasons and won 247 games, previously the most total wins by a coach coaching in the Big Sky Conference. And the latter, Ray Ray, also the all-time leader in conference victories, he moved into that spot with his 125th win several years ago. So he is far and away the most prolific winner in the history of the Big Sky Conference. He's won five Big Sky Conference regular season titles, three Big Sky Conference tournament titles, and he's the four-time Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year. Outstanding head coach, no question about it, and also a guy who, as you'll hear, thinks so very highly of Coach Stu Morrill and their relationship. Coulter, if you're wandering around Missoula, Montana, and you need a little hydration, my God, for the last 50 years, Stockman's Bar has been servicing you and doing it in such a truly Montana way. And it's interesting, too, to think about the connection between Ray Ray and the University of Montana and also the University of Montana men's basketball program and Stockman's Bar. I'm just making an assumption here, but I'm sure there's been plenty of celebrations at Stocks after Grizz wins over Weaver State and some of the biggest wins of the last 15 years for Montana have Man, been. You're going to say that on the podcast before the Randy Ray interview? <laughs> I mean, that seems, seems kind of underhanded, man. Well, I mean, Randy Ray's got bragging rights at this exact moment because his team beat Montana last time out. So there's definitely been some demons where Coach Ray's Wildcats have lost to Montana in big games and probably most memorably when Anthony Johnson scored his 42 points to eliminate Weber State in the Big Sky Tournament. But I'm sure there's plenty of celebrations going on down at Stockman's Bar throughout all the years of Grizz men's basketball. Head on down to Stocks. $3 drafts from open till close. There is no special. It's just 3 bucks. It is the special. Being <laughs> open is the special. It is the special. Yes. And if you get some Dobie's Teriyaki, it's 2 bucks for a draft beer. You can't beat it. Stockman's Bar proud supporter of the University of Montana men's basketball program and the history that goes along with it. Stockman's Bar on Front Street, downtown Missoula, Montana. 
Due to scheduling, Coulter was not able to participate in this interview with Randy Ray, but I can say this is one of the favorites that I've ever done. Coach Ray was uh, so very generous with his time and a pleasure to talk to. Really appreciate him in this. I'm sure that you will enjoy and certainly feel the reality behind the relationship that Coach Ray had and has with former head coach of the University of Montana, Stu Morrill. Without further ado, Randy Ray. To get started, I did not know it. When Stu got the job at Mont- or excuse me, at CSU, Colorado State, I've been struggling. I was a high school coach for a number of few years, and then I was working. I was actually at Denver University as a volunteer. I wasn't even getting paid. But I was working the Colorado State basketball camps for Boyd Grant, the previous coach, and I did that for like two or three years and really got to know Boyd Grant very well and his staff. And then when Stu got the job, Boyd was still in charge of the summer camps that summer, and the Stu was going to take him the next year. And I was up there working Boyd's uh, camps. Anyway, Coach Grant comes up to me and he says, hey, you know, Coach Morrow just got the job here. We need to try to get you on, uh, on staff at maybe a lower level. And I says, well, that'd be great, Coach, but I, have, I don't know him. I, don't, I have no idea. And he says, well, I know him a little bit, so when I see him, I'm going to mention your name. And I thought, okay, you know, that's a, about as long a shot as you could have. Long story short, he mentioned his name. I was working camp and doing a defensive drill with all the campers down in the gym. Coach Morrow popped his head in and wanted to watch me do whatever mass defensive drills. And I thought, hmm, that's kind of interesting. You know, I probably screwed that up. probably didn't do very good. Anyway, I didn't think much of it. And then uh, – he came up and about another week later or a few days later and says, hey, I want to talk to you. And he kind of came up and said, hey, why don't you go to lunch with my assistant coach that I'm going to hire, Skip Molitor. So we went to lunch with Skip, and we just kind of talked, and I think he wanted to get to know me a little bit. A couple of days later, coach calls me back in, says, hey, I don't know that I'm going to hire you because I've offered the job to somebody else. Back then, Ryan, it was the restricted earnings coach. I don't know if you've heard of that position, but – the restricted earnings coach was only entitled to make like four or 5,000 a year. Plus you can make some camp, but they had a restriction on how much you can make. And that's the job I was trying to get. Well, anyways, I could go on for this for a while, but bottom line is Stu brought me back in. He said, Hey, I want you to, the other guy I was going to hire can't take the job. I'm going to give you four game tapes. You take them home. I want you to break them down and see if you know what you're doing and I'm going to meet you in my office at 8.30 the next morning. And this was 5 o'clock at night in the afternoon. So I get, I get going to work. I stayed up all night, broke them down, went to Kinko's, put together this whole nice little spread. You know, I thought this is my one chance, right? Right. So I worked, I worked my ass off. And I stayed up all night, and I get there. You know, of course, I'm going to be there at 7.30 in case he shows up early. He comes in, calls me in, says, hey, let me look at that stuff. You know, he, he looks through it for about 30 seconds, throws it in the garbage. And I says, whoa, 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 coach. Hey, I don't, I don't know if you're going to hire me or not, but I want to keep that. I, I work my ass off on that. You know, I'm a young coach. I want to keep everything I can keep. Right. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so he says this. So we're sitting there, and he says, okay, I got one question for you. And I said, all right. He says, do you have a Napoleon's complex? <laughs> And I'm like, I didn't, Ryan, I didn't know what the hell he meant. I'd never heard of that before. And I said, so I, I was stunned, and I sat back, and I says, Coach, I, I don't know what that is, but I feel fine. But I'll get a doctor's, I'll get checked out by a doctor 
if that's what I need to do. And he goes, no, 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 it's not like that. It's like small man's disease. You know, sometimes small guys have to prove their worth and they're too loud and too crazy. And I said, well, I don't think, I started laughing. I said, I don't think I got that. Right. <laughs> and, and he gave me the job right there. And uh, so anyway. That's a, that is amazing. Away. That is, that yeah. is amazing. Yeah, that's kind of a funny deal. So, and, so uh, you got hired then. It was Stu. At, at, that was the restricted uh, earning position, right? That's the one that he gave you at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. It was the restricted earning. It was like you know they had three full times. I think they had one other one. I was probably fifth on the list, and then we had a GA below me, which was Don Berlin. You know, who was the long time? He was coached at Idaho. Worked with Stu for a long time too. So right. that's where we got started together. Yeah, yeah. So how long? Were you with Stu in that capacity before you started, you know, kind of moving up? And what was the, you know, the, as you get started working at Colorado State and you're, you know, you're finally getting paid a very little bit, but getting paid nonetheless and doing the thing as you start to work up, you know, within the uh, scope of the assistant coaches at CSU? I think it was three years maybe before I got hired as a full-time recruiter. Um, I want to say it was three, maybe it was longer. Might have been four years because I think I was full time over there for two or three years. I'm so bad on dates, Ryan, but but it took me three to four years to get into more of a full time position. But I did get hired full time eventually by Stu, and I think I was full time for the last two to three years at Colorado State when there was some movement on the staff. Clearly, you loved basketball and and you wanted to be in it, but to be you know, a restricted earner and then maybe a part-time guy. I mean, that's a lot of work for not a lot of return. I'm sure you had to hustle other areas to try and make ends meet. What was it about not just the job, but Stu that you said, you know, I want to continue to do this and kind of persevere to get to the place I want to be. It's all about the guys you work for. And because I've been working myself up the ranks, high school, three other jobs in college where I wasn't getting paid. And I, I was making what four, whatever it was, four thousand. Plus, you got some camp money. I thought I was the richest guy in the world because I went three years with no money. And then I thought, my gosh, I can actually maybe go out and have a meal once in a while. But it was really is about him, and I just believed in him so much. And, and it was it was not just he was a great coach, but how he treated people, how he treated his staff. He cared about his staff. We had a relationship. He wanted to mentor me. He wanted me to, to try to grow into being a good basketball coach. And so he helped me every step of the way. And he just become so close, you know, and he was my mentor. You know, he was, uh, he's not that much older than me, but I wouldn't say he's like a father, but, but in some ways he was because I was this young guy and trying to figure it out. And I didn't know anything. And he took the time to help me. And then he gave me you know, the biggest opportunity of my life to work, to get that job. And then he gave me the next biggest opportunity to become a full-time recruiter. And so uh, the relationship we had, I just, I just absolutely loved him. Uh, I loved him in every way. And then on top of that, he's one of the best basketball coaches in the country that nobody ever knew about. So I got the whole scope. He, he taught me how to run a program, do it the right way with good kids, you know, coach with integrity coach the right way, treat people the right way, but hold your kids accountable. This is how the culture of your program should be. So everything that, that I'm doing now is because of what he taught me. Travis DeCure, 
last year, I think it was, I thought paid you a tremendous compliment at one point when he said, you know, there's 360 or whatever it is college basketball teams in the country, but there's only a couple of dozen programs. And Weber State is a program with Randy Ray. And you said, you know, that everything you learned was from Stu. What is the difference? What is the thing beyond being a coach of a team to building a program at a place that Stu taught you? Yeah, I think it's all about culture, Ryan. I mean, you know, I think coaches do different things, what, what they think is important to run their program. When I got the job here and I learned it from Stu is if you have a strong culture, in other words, what do you want your program to be about? And then recruit kids that fit that culture. Stu always wanted his program to be based on character, you know, toughness, togetherness, relationships. And that's kind of what I, when I got here, that's what the first thing I had to do was, was develop a culture. And it's not just with your staff and your players, but it's with your secretary, it's with your strength coach, it's with your trainer. Everybody's on board with what the culture of your program is to be. And if they can't be on board, they can't be part of it. And that's what he taught me. If you have a strong culture, you're going to have years where things don't go right. But you can still be successful and still find a way to have some success based on the culture alone. And this, for us, in particular, this is a year for us where I know we're, we're struggling. We've had a lot of injuries, things out of our control that we can't control, but our culture is as strong as it's ever been. And we're still going to find ways to have some success and maintain that culture, even through a tough year. And we'll survive everything. And I'm not worried about it one bit, but he taught me that some coaches, I think when they get their job, it's based on talent. Just give me the best players. I don't care who they are. And we're going to win with talent. We'll run them in. We'll run them out. And the other thing that culture does, it develops relationships that you're going to have lifelong with your players. And to me, that's is probably the most important thing that he taught me. And Stu to this day still has relationships with all the players he coached from Montana to Colorado State to Utah State. And I feel like we've got that here. I'm constantly hearing from ex-players all the time. They come back in the summer. They want to spend time with us. We're family. And to me, that's what's the most rewarding thing about being in the position we are in to have those lifelong relationships. And he taught me that that's the most important thing. You know, when, when we're all done with this stuff and I don't want to get into this philosophical stuff and I'm probably wasting your time, Ryan, but when Kobe passes away, you know, it, you take stock. And when, when our time is up and Stu taught me this, when our time is up, nobody's going to care how much money you made, the car you drove, how many wins you had, they're going to remember you for the type of person you were, how you treated people. You know, did you, did you help people? Were you a good husband? Were you a good father? And that's the things that people are going to remember, not the other stuff. And he taught me that. And it kind of hit me when Kobe passed away. You know what? That's really what's important. And, and Stu taught me that. So sorry about going on too long about that. I know we don't even know each other all that well, but uh, you are in my wheelhouse right now, coach, uh, with that, the, the, uh, the, the Kobe passing was as yeah. it was. It was a shaking uh, uh, an event for somebody who I did not, of course, know uh, as as I've experienced in my life, and I, I was not really prepared for it. I mean, I had no idea that I would kind of react the way that I did. But my brother, I mean, that's his guy, and, and you're right. I mean, I'm I'm a father of three, and and I got two girls, and and uh, all of that stuff all of a sudden rings real crystal clear in a moment like that, you know, and, uh, it, and, did. And, it shook, and it right shook me too. I mean, it yeah. really did. 
and uh, it kind of makes you understand, you know, puts everything in perspective when you worry about money and material things or wins or all that stuff. It puts things in perspective. So it did that for me. But Stu taught me kind of that's really what's the most important thing anyway. Last thing for you, and we might piecemeal this together in the editing, but I just want to go back the move from Colorado State to Utah State. When Stu decides yeah. to do that, he obviously wants you to go with him, but now, I mean, you're talking about moving schools, moving states, doing the whole thing. What was that transition like, even though you're staying with the guy, so to speak, to, to go on this whole new endeavor, and you don't know what that it's going to become, you know, 20-win season after 20-win season on down the line? Yeah. It was a little tough because, you know, Utah is a different place and uh, it's a great place, but it was a whole new environment. I'll tell you that I remember I was out recruiting and I, Larry Stacy decided to leave Utah State and take the Iowa State job. And I heard it on the radio because I was recruiting in Iowa. I was, I was looking at some junior college kids and I got back to, to Colorado State and uh, coached by, you know, he heard about the move that Larry made. And I says, Coach, you're from Utah. You know, and Colorado State was a hard place. It's a hard place to maintain a winning program. There's a lot of challenges. And I says, Coach, let's go to Utah State. Gosh, you should be able to get in the middle of that job. And he just laughed it off. You know, he said, yeah, right. You know, I'm not going to do that. Well, then something happened where Utah State ended up contacting him about the job. And one thing led to another, and he took the job. And I was fortunate enough that he wanted to take me with him. And and when we got over there, it was, it was really a, a fun deal because it was a fresh start. It was exciting. You, we, knew, we knew the job well enough to know that you can win there and you can win at a pretty high level. And our whole thing was, hey, if we get the, the players that we had at Colorado State, if we can get that same kind of player that fits our culture at Utah State, we can do really well in the Big West. So we know what to recruit, who to recruit, we felt very comfortable, and Stu did, uh, of what direction we needed to go to be successful there. And then we just went to work. And uh, we had to take a lot of junior college kids. We knew that was part of the program, and we were able to get the right ones. And all we wanted to do, and I told you know our staff at the time, it was Tim Fuller, myself, and Don Verlin. We said, hey, man, let's just get coached the right guys and let this guy go to work coaching them, and uh, we can have some success. And it really did. It happened, and, and it took off. And uh, it was kind of a – I think it turned out to be a really great fit for everybody. Coach Morrill, the staff, we loved it up there. We loved the community. And, we, and Utah State was always a hotbed of fans. They had such passion for the university. We saw that with Larry Eustacey when he was there. And so it just – it was a kind of a perfect storm, and it was a great fit for everybody. And then after five years there, 13 in total, you get your shot to be the head guy at Weber State. And I know that on one hand, tremendously exciting, rewarding, exhilarating, but also having been with one guy on his staff for so long, maybe mixed emotions as well. Tolee, what was it like when you said, hey, I got the job, I'm I'm going to Ogden? Well, Ryan, actually what happened is uh, I was with Stu up there and then for six years, and then Ray Giacoletti got the job at Utah. He took over from Majerus, and Ray Giacoletti was a good friend of mine, and he asked me to come down and be assistant for him. And so I went, actually went from Utah State to Utah for two years and then got the job at Weber State. But still, I had to go in, and it was the most painful decision I've ever had to make. 
gosh. And then I, I told Coach Morrill I was considering it, and we talked a long time, and he was awesome. You know, I don't want I don't want you to go, but you got to do what you think is best. I felt like it was a time in my career where I had Stu for 13 years, and I learned. Now I want to go learn from Ray, who's a good friend of mine, and maybe it would help me become a better coach by getting a different perspective on how to run a program. But I remember walking in the day and, uh, you know, God, it was emotional and telling coach that I had decided to go. And we, it was a very emotional time for both of us. And I still remember that like it was yesterday and still kind of gets me to this day uh, to tell him that I was going to go. But, you know, he gave me his blessing and uh, I'll do whatever I can to help you. And then when it came time to, to try to get the Weaver State job, Stu was an incredibly important piece and helped me get the job here. And so that's kind of how it all worked out. Coach, we thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me, Ryan.